Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Sayer Bettinger. He uh, covers the Broncos for Predominantly Orange, the fan-sided site that covers the Broncos. He, he's the co-expert for that site. He also does some draft work for NFL Mocks, Dot com. He's a co-expert for that as well, and he's the co-host for the Locked On Broncos podcast, so go check that out when you can. Uh, so just welcome to the show, Sayer. Thank you so much. I love it. Uh, you know, I've been following your guys' work for a long time. Uh, us over at Predominantly Orange, we love, we're big fans of the Viking Age. You guys do <laughs> such an incredible job, and so uh, we like to take some of your guys' good ideas and apply oh, yeah. it to our own team, so Definitely love what you guys do and appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Love spreading the wealth. Um, so let's just get right into it. The Vikings and the Broncos had some joint practices this week. They've got a preseason game on Saturday inside U.S. Bank Stadium. The Broncos are in the middle of a quarterback battle between Teddy Bridgewater, former first-round pick of the Vikings, and Drew Locke. So let's just ask right now what most people listening to this podcast are wondering about. How does Teddy look? You know, I think he looks about a, about what Vikings fans might expect. Really solid in the in the short game. A couple of nice long passes sprinkled throughout, but really neither quarterback has 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 managed to kind of separate themselves, which I think from Vikings fans perspectives, you know, like I remember back in 2015 when when it was young Teddy, young Stefan Diggs, the Denver Broncos with the Super Bowl 50 defense. Oh, yeah. I remember the Vikings coming into Denver and just kicking their butts, you know, those two guys specifically. And so I don't know, I don't know exactly how Vikings fans remember Teddy. Um, I know we all watched him last year with Carolina and we've seen a little bit what, what he could do with the Saints, but I think so far it's been kind of just almost like status quo with him, if that if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like, all right, he's just like he's looking solid and he's getting yeah. solid reports no matter who's watching him practice. Yeah, I think he's always been solid. Um he just hasn't been that maybe that quarterback that that can put a team on his back and you know take him into the playoffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not gonna give you terrible turnovers or anything. He's gonna take care of the ball. Um, and I think Vikings fans know that. Funny thing about that Denver game that you mentioned, I think that was twenty fifteen. Yeah, um, I think that was Stefan Diggs' first game. I'm pretty sure was it really because he was inactive for the first couple games. Because I remember, and then the Vikings were like. Oh, we need to act- activate this guy. I think like Wallace got hurt or something. So they're like, "Oh, we need another receiver. Let's activate this Stefan Diggs guy." Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, he's pretty good." Um, so, Seriously. Yeah. So yeah, yeah was- I'll tell you, Broncos fans won't soon forget that game. I mean, every every Broncos fan remembers Stefan Diggs because of that game. Yeah, because he dom- he was out there dominating. You know, the no fly zone. So. It was impressive for yeah, sure. That was his first NFL game, um, and That's now crazy. he's you know leading the league in 
receptions and receiving yards. So he's uh, he's gotten a little better. He's um, done well for himself. So I was going to ask you what the chances are you think Teddy wins the job. But you, it sounds like it's kind of 50-50 right now, right? You think the preseason games might be what determines uh, who opens the season as a starter? I definitely do. You know, I think Vic Fangio has talked about it to the media. And, and I don't know. You, you always take that with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. When the coach says, like, there's been no separation. There's people keeping track of every practice and and there's been kind of a consensus that maybe at this point, you know, you could argue that Teddy is kind of ahead if you're going, you know, well, which quarterback won practice one through whatever number they were on today. So I think that there's a possible edge to Teddy based on practice, but at the same time, you know, I think that they're really looking for which one of these guys is going to be able to not only minimize turnovers in a game, but help this team score points. I mean, it's been tough, tough sledding the last few years for the Denver Broncos since even during that Super Bowl 50 season, they were really struggling to, to score points. And so the offense has just been a struggle for a long time. So I think whichever guy gives them the best chance to do, I mean, that sounds so cliche, but I mean, like it's really that bare bones mm-hmm. with the Denver Broncos right now. So I think it is going to come down to the games. So whoever wins, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure mo- both of them will probably get a chance during the season at some time, whether someone gets hurt, hurt or not, or benched or whatever, maybe, or maybe they won't, maybe someone will just keep it the whole year. But looking ahead to 2022, do you think either of these guys, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke will be the team starter in 2022 or be, even just be question. with the team? <laughs> yeah, that's a really great question. You know, I think that I'm one of the ones that's still holding out hope. You know, I really, I, I hate to chalk up last year as just kind of like a complete wash because I don't think it was that. I think that there was obviously plenty to learn from last year, but I also, you know, and, and many Broncos fans have spent many hours on Twitter arguing over these things, but a lot of people calling them excuses. I think they're pretty valid reasons. You know, the the pandemic obviously affected oh, yeah. everything for everybody, not just football players, not just football teams, but for everybody. And I think for specifically for a guy like Drew Locke, you're coming off your first five starts in the NFL in the middle of the Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans playoff game. Your team fires their, the offensive coordinator that you just spent an entire year you know, learning the system. You bring in Pat Shermer. You bring in these rookie receivers. Your number one wide receiver gets hurt. You know, you're changing offensive linemen injuries up front there. You know, it's just so many different things. And then you play one of the most brutal schedules in the league last year. I mean, the Broncos played, I mean, they played Kansas city twice every year, but they also had Tampa Bay on the schedule, a number of other really tough teams on the schedule. So you put a brutal schedule in with all those changes, the scheme change offensively, drew lock suffered an injury, which he didn't come back from that looking great. So I think he kind of figured things out towards the end of the season a little bit, but so to long story short, I do think that there's a chance Drew Locke could be on the roster in 2022 and as the the quarterback of the future. You know, I don't necessarily think we need to see a Josh Allen type type of jump from him. Right. I think he can make marked improvements and and still be there. Well, Teddy's only he's only got one year left on his deal, right? Yeah. So they yeah they restructured his deal so that uh, yeah. Carolina would pay a bunch of this year's salary. They cut out the last, I think it was just one more year after yeah. this year, possibly. So, yeah, they cut out that last year. So, it's just one year. Yeah, so he'll be a free agent, free agent no matter what. And then yeah. Locke, was Locke, was he a second-round pick? Yeah, second round in 2019. Yeah, so, so he, this, he doesn't he's got get two that, years left. Yeah, he doesn't get that fifth-year option. Right, um, right. Would you be surprised 
the Broncos went after Kirk Cousins in 2022. <laughs> I would not be surprised by okay. that. No, okay. uh, I think that John Elway really liked him. I think that they really wanted him. There was this huge story, crazy enough. I don't know if you, if you, yeah, 2018. Yes. Yeah. Um, so back in 2018, there was this huge story that came out. I can't remember if it was last year or at the end of the 2019 season, but Woody Page, you know, people know him from ESPN mm-hmm. around the horn, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So he's a Denver guy. He He's connected to the Broncos front office or the previous regime anyway. Right. Um, probably still is, but he broke this huge story about, John Elway in 2018 wanted to fire Vance Joseph, wanted to hire back Mike Shanahan and Mike Shanahan wanted to sign Kirk cousins. And allegedly all these guys were on board for this whole big plan. And then the, you know, the CEO of the team, apparently, according to these reports, the CEO of the team, Joe Ellis shut it down and um, didn't want to bring Shanahan back. Apparently there's some bad blood between those two guys going back to who knows how long. So I know that I know that the Broncos would have wanted Kirk Cousins in 2018. I remember so many. I mean, we were tons of articles at predominantly oh, yeah. orange about oh, Kirk yeah. Cousins. I know we were all writing that stuff. Um, so I know they wanted him back then. And I just I, I think that obviously George Payton having had a hand in yep. bringing him into Minnesota. You know, I think the connection is obviously there. Um, and I think, you know, Cousins, it seems like the type of guy, you know, he doesn't he live in the woods or something? It seems like he would like Denver. It seems like he would like Colorado. <laughs> I think, so. yeah, I think he'd, he'd fit in fine there. I think he's, we've learned, I think, the Vikings fans in the last, what, he's been here in, what, three years now? Um, three? Yeah, three. Um, it goes by so fast. That, <laughs> it does. You know, he's, he's going to put up numbers. He's going to have some really good games. He's going to have some really bad games. And then he's going to have some so-so games. So he's going to just be consistent throughout the year. But like I said in the beginning with Teddy, he's probably not going to be the guy that can put a team on his back and carry you to the playoffs like maybe a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or something like that. So if the Broncos are you know, set on, they just want to find a veteran quarterback who they know can come in and produce and not just like ruin everything for them, then yeah, maybe Kirk Cousins is their guy. Especially because if they trade for him, he might only have, I think he has one year left on his deal after this. So they could trade for him and then, you know, see how things are after um, 2022 and see if they want to move, you know, move on from him. Or they could even, you know, trade for him and then draft somebody to maybe kind of sit for a year and learn behind him. So, and you mentioned George Payton, obviously being the general manager of the Broncos now. He used to be with the Vikings for what, like 14, 15 years. So that connection is just going to be there. I'm sure we're going to write a lot about me and you you know, the possibility of Cousins going to Denver, whether the Vikings and Broncos are good in 2022 or not, that's that connection is just going to be there. You know, guys like Mike Florio are going to stir the pot and be like, oh, there's a connection there. We've got to pay attention to it, just like he did with the 49ers all offseason long. Yep, um, yep. So I just thought that was an interesting thing. I was curious about to see if you would think it's possible. And it clearly is a possibility. This was something that was... I think a lot of people thought was a possibility was Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. Um, what did you, how realistic did you think all the Aaron Rodgers stuff was to the Broncos earlier this year? So I, I thought very, very realistic. Yeah. Um, during the draft, you know, you had people like Mark Schlereth coming yep. on and yep. going on record as saying like, this is basically a done deal. And um, you can kind of read, read the tea leaves on who his source sources are. But I mean, I definitely, 
he's revealed that, you know, he was literally texting with Aaron Rodgers during the NFL draft. And oh, I saw it on his him, podcast or whatever. Yeah. With, with uh, Trey Wingo. Yeah. Trey yeah. Wingo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah about. So, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> it, it definitely felt like there was a realistic chance of it happening. And I, mm-hmm. I think that the, the thing that really got me is that Rodgers was doing stuff that he'd never done before, meaning yep. skipping OTAs, yep. skipping the offseason program altogether, kind of just maintaining that he was you know upset with the with the franchise and i think that the rumor that uh that trey wingo put out there around the time of you know shortly after the draft i suppose where he was talking about how the packers apparently promised rogers last year that they would trade him in Mm -hmm. 2021 and he didn't get it in writing or whatever and now it's in writing so i think that you know that possibility while it's gone for the time being i don't know if that's going to be another you know while we're writing our cousins articles next yeah. year, <laughs> you know, next year we'll be going right back to the draft for a, for an Aaron Rodgers speculation piece. So I just think that the, that kind of thing, that's just since signing Peyton Manning, yeah. there's, there's like a tangible, you know, sort of feel to those kind of things. Like, and I truly believe there's been reports from guys like, you know, our good friend, Benjamin Albright, yep. who says that Aaron Rodgers wants to be in Denver yeah. And I don't, I don't have any reason not to believe him when he says that. And there's been nothing out there to refute that other than the fact that, you know, Rogers kind of settled and decided to go back to green Bay this year and we'll see next year. So I did, I did think, man, like this could actually happen. His fiance lives in Colorado, right? She, that, she, at that was one, she at least has one home in, in Colorado. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So TMZ was helping us out fueling the fire this year, man. <laughs> you know, with Shailene Woodley having a, a home in Boulder, I guess. So listen, man. I mean, the fiance or wife or whatever, they always they got the pull. So, you know, they do. So you gotta you gotta go where you think that's gonna be possible. Um <laughs> so what is we've we've talked about George Payton. He was used used to be the assistant GM of the Vikings, got hired by the Broncos to be the their GM this year would have been your overall impressions of him so far. I know he's been with the team for just a couple of months, but he was there for the draft and free agency and everything. Just what, what do you think about him so far? Just really impressed by him. Really, really impressed. Um, I've always been kind of a fan of what the Vikings do in the draft. I know he wasn't the general manager there, but yeah. Vikings always end up taking at least one of my, one of my Hawkeyes, man. So I've always kind of like paid, paid close attention to them. Well, they usually they have like 15 it. picks. So yeah, exactly. Like a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is an NFL draft fans dream, you know, oh, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. those many picks. Um, but yeah, 15 last year, that was, ex- that was borderline excessive, wasn't it? Yeah. You I just, think my, you had my, a lot to write about. My brain hurt after that final day when they, <laughs> I think they had like 11 or 12 picks. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, I mean, the Vikings have always done, have always made moves that I've kind of been a fan of, you know, even, even down to undrafted guys like CJ Ham mm-hmm. is a, a guy who played uh, at Augustana uh, yep, yep. just down the road from where I went to college at University of Sioux Falls. So nice. knew a lot about him, um, just gone to Vikings training camp for a long time, you know, a couple of times throughout, throughout my life in Mankato. Mm-hmm. Um, now they've obviously upgraded facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, I see that now, but <laughs> But yeah, so really big fan of George Payton and and just really the philosophy that he's bringing from the from the Vikings organization. You know, I love collecting draft picks mm. personally. If I'm if I get to sit here and be the armchair GM, I love the idea of collecting draft picks, and I just like kind of his philosophies that he's kind of put out there. You know, to the to the media talking about you know different positions on the team, how he and how he perceives the Broncos because I think that is something that 
that that's probably been the most important thing. And that was something that John Elway emphasized, you know, people don't really talk about this, but John, John Elway essentially fired himself. There was, there was just a lot of, a lot of stuff going on over the past four years that I think he just kind of like, this is my last year on my contract, but I'm going to step away and hire the guy that replaces me. so that it's not a big issue when we hire a new owner. So bringing in George Payton, I think one of the things that Elway really wanted to do was get a set of fresh eyes on the Denver Broncos. Yep. You know, and it felt like the Broncos were being run by a Broncos fan because John Elway is that, you know, he's a, <laughs> he's an all-time Bronco. He's yeah. a big time. He, he's a definitely a fan of the team. There's no yeah. question about it. So getting a guy coming in, who's not a fan of your team per se, it's really, really intriguing to see how a guy like that will come in and either bust up your roster bust up your coaching staff or not. And it's really, really fascinating to me that George Payton didn't exactly bust up the roster. He even kept the, he even kept the quarterback yeah. So uh, and the head coach for that yeah. matter. So I've been really intrigued by him. I think um, if you watch the Broncos behind the scenes NFL draft documentary that they posted on their YouTube page, you get a really, really good look at George Payton and just kind of who he is as a guy as well. And he's, he's a fascinating dude, man. He's really, really fun. Um, and he's got a great perspective. He's, he's a scout, you know, he's definitely yeah. still a scout at heart, which I love. Yeah. He, um, I'm pretty sure he was in charge of the trades for the draft when uh, he was with the Vikings, okay. Which, okay. which probably made sense when the, I think the Broncos made a bunch of draft trades this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just get used to that because that's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's what they, what he, what the Vikings did when he was there. And that's the Vikings, I think just continued to do that this it. year. Um, how much roster control would you say Peyton has? Does he have like just pretty much full control? Yeah. Yeah. I think he has full, full control. You know, a lot of people still attribute the moves that are being made to John Elway. Um, George Peyton and, and John Elway both confirmed early on that Elway was really going to be only a sounding board. And I don't know exactly what, it, what goes on, you know, a hundred percent behind the scenes. I have no idea, yeah. but in those, uh, in those documentaries that I was talking about just yeah. before, you see John Elway just sitting kind of in the draft room and, and he's just sitting there, you know, he's yeah. not even like, he's not really disengaged, but he's also mm-hmm. not really engaged. He's just kind of sitting there. And so Peyton is Peyton, This is Peyton's team now. And I think that he, the cool thing about him though, is that he's so collaborative and we've seen that through a variety of moves. You can, you can see that from, you know, the, the different people that he's brought in, whether it's Kelly Klein from the Vikings, you know, bringing yep. her in yep. and, yep. and, in collaborating on some moves there, or, you know, even with head coach Vic Fangio, like the fact that he brought in Kyle Fuller at the cornerback position, oh, that's yeah. a Vic Fangio move, you know, and obviously Kyle Fuller is a good player, but that makes a lot of sense because of Fangio. So I think that Peyton has been collaborative, but he's definitely been, been pulling the strings, been calling the shots, making the draft picks. Um, and, and he's done a good job in my opinion. Yeah. I'm sure Peyton, Peyton saw the relationship between Spielman, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and saw that, you know, you got to keep your head coach happy. So you got to give him a couple, mm-hmm. couple gifts here and there. It's probably why he got fuller. Cause we know how Mike Zimmer loves his corners and Rick Spielman oh, yeah. would, uh, you know, give him a draft pick here and there. So gave, mm-hmm. gave him Patrick Peterson this year. Um, yes. so how are some of the other former Vikings players fitting in with the Broncos? I know there's a few. I know there's what Shamar Stefan, Mike Boone, Brett Jones. How are these guys looking? Have you have you heard anything about these guys so far in camp? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know that Vic Fangio on the defensive side, I know he really likes Shamar. I know he's talked about him before and said that just they're really happy to have him. 
um, he's fitting in on Vic. Vic likes to use his defensive linemen kind of all over the place. Yeah. So he says that he's fitting in well there. Um, and Mike Boone, I think, has been the guy that they've talked about the most, um, yeah. which is, you know, kind of interesting because I heard I never heard of him. I, I scour every roster every single <laughs> year. I've never heard of Mike Boone until this year. So I was really interested to kind of research him. It was almost like getting another another draft pick or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, you know, and then he gets hurt, obviously, today in the in the final day of joint practice. Oh, so, yeah, I guess he pulled a quad or something like uh, that. And he had to be carted off with it. So oh, I don't know exactly no. the I know it's not good. He, he tried to walk off, apparently, and couldn't yeah. couldn't do it. So, of course, it happens of, um, in Minnesota, right? I know, right? Yeah, he's probably thinking to himself, "Man, I got to get out of this place." He probably wanted to good. play on Saturday so bad. Like, yes, he's like I'm going, I'm going back to the stadium where I used to play. I'm going to show them. You know, you shouldn't let me go. Yeah, you know, yep. able to play. I know what a bummer. What a bummer. But yeah, I mean, up until that point, he'd been doing really great. So uh, I think that they really like having him. Yeah, Mike Boone. He, I mean, he probably would have got. A bunch more playing time if there wasn't someone you know named right. Dalvin Cook in front of him because he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, yeah. Um, but Mike Boone, he did. He was a, like a big preseason guy. Like he would be like their best player in the preseason, and then mm. you know obviously they get to the regular season. Dal- Dalvin gets the most touches, but um, Mike Boone, he's he, I could see him doing pretty well um, in a place like Denver once he gets healthy. Uh, anything on, on Brett Jones is he, I know he didn't do much when he was with the Vikings and I'm just guessing that he's probably just sort of doing the same thing with the Broncos being sort of like a depth guy. Is that, that was going on? Yeah, I think that's the case. You know, get him as a depth guy. They've got uh, Lloyd Cushenberry at the center position who really took a step forward this year. Um, at least so far of what they've seen in training camp. I know there's kind of some issues with snaps during the joint practices, but George Payton specifically mentioned how he's been pleased with what they've just a different guy on tape is what he said essentially about Lloyd Cushenberry this year. So really good stuff there. And I think that they just need that interior depth with, I don't know if they thought that the rookie Quinn Miners was going to really compete for that center job or what, but they brought in Brett Jones, I think just for kind of some reinforcements there to make sure, all right, if, if Cushenberry gets hurt or, you know, isn't up to par, we've got a guy that's that snapped before in the league and, someone we're familiar with yeah he's a he's a depth guy that's that's about yeah. all, I, all i all i can say he didn't really play that much when he was with the vikings he just pretty much was was on the bench um so let's look at who is one player from this year's vikings team that you think you would love to have on the broncos roster this year you can only pick one mm. man that's the great question I, I i'll say just because of uh just because uh, I love, you know, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, I can't, I can't take Hunter from you guys <laughs> I would, as much as I would love to do that. Um, I really like Eric Kendricks mm-hmm. at the linebacker position, you know, and I think that's an area where the Broncos have kind of a weakness right now. Um, I think their linebackers are actually, you know, fairly underrated. Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson had a good year last year, but man, I keep hearing about Kendricks picking off passes in, mm-hmm. in camp and I'm like, man, that would be so nice to have that over the middle of our deep. I would love to be hearing about Alexander Johnson picking off passes, you know, which we're not hearing about that. So, um, but so I think that he would be kind of like, kind of one of those ideal pieces. And, and of course, I mean, Kirk Cousins, just knowing what he brings to the table, I think would really kind of put a lot of fans' minds at ease right now about 
gosh, we've got this really good defense. We've got insanely good skill players on the offense. So you just need that quarterback that can mm-hmm. keep the ship afloat. Like you said, he's not necessarily going to maybe go out there and be the the tide that raises all boats. But yeah. man, I mean, he can definitely keep the boat afloat. So Cousins or or Kendrick, those would be my two picks from wow. from the Vikings. Is there's a lot of there's a lot of talent there, but I think fitting with the Broncos context, I think obviously Justin Jefferson would be would be fun. Oh, yeah. um, but and uh, him and Judy together, that would be cool <laughs> to watch. So, but I think the, those two guys, man, if you could swap them over, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with with Cousins. If I could just steal anybody, I would take Cousins, and we'd we'd see how we ride this season out. Yeah, Kendricks is very underrated um i think he's like the 15th highest paid linebacker too and that's like mm. severely underpaid because he was mm. he was an all pro two years ago and then last year he was on track to do that again but he got hurt with like five or six games to go but yeah, yeah. he's he's a very good linebacker and i'm happy to that he got his his buddy anthony Barr back this year because those two together mm-hmm. work, work very well uh what is your record prediction for the Broncos this season, not to put you on the spot, it's pretty early still. Uh, are they making the playoffs? You know, I, I really hope so. With with seven teams making it from each conference, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a make or break year, you know. And and it it's getting to the point where I, I just feel like you know you kind of find ways to like not trick yourself into thinking things, but like okay, the twenty nineteen Broncos nowhere near as good as the twenty twenty one Broncos that. 2019 team won seven games so if they can find a way to win seven games this team could find a way to win you know nine ten games and i think that's very doable given their schedule you know i think the broncos start off with the the giants and the jaguars and the jets in their three first three games i don't know if it's that order but that's pretty good yeah you got a pretty good shot there to start off if you're two and one i mean you're probably kicking yourself a little bit after that but Any anything you know anything better than that three and zero obviously would be great and then you yeah. play Baltimore so mm. kind of gets uh kind of gets a little uh, iffy at that point but I think the Broncos have one of the easier schedules in the league this year not that that really matters because it's the NFL you know anybody yeah. can do anything in any given it's easy league. right now it yeah it's easy on, yeah right now yeah yeah so I think playoffs are doable I do I think that the the defense that they have in place. If the key pieces stay healthy, it's going to keep them in games, no doubt. And not only keep them in games, but I think it can help you win some games. They've got guys that can create turnovers. They've got their pass rush duo back. Um, they've got some really good depth at all three levels of that defense, especially in the secondary. So I think that they've got the ability defense-wise to really, you know, we saw them play some some teams really tough last year, especially their final game against Kansas City. Vic Fangio did a great job scheming against Kansas City twice last year, actually. So it's it's one of those things that just like it, it feels so close. And if they could just find a way to not shoot themselves in the foot one or two times in a game, you know, they could actually maybe make the playoffs and make some noise. <laughs> yeah. And they're in, I would say, well, yeah, one of the toughest divisions in NFL. Obviously, you have the Chiefs, the Chargers look like they're going to be better, uh, the Raiders. You know, jury's still out on them. They could maybe maybe they could do some things. They seem like they got some some good pieces there. Um yeah. but then at the same time, now with the seventeenth game, there's eleven games that aren't division games. So like how much does like even being in that division matter? Obviously you pay, play those teams more than once. Um, but you got eleven other teams to worry about now. Um and then 
you know, like you said, with the, the easy schedule to begin with, that that's huge because like if you get off to a fast start in the NFL, usually it's a, it's a pretty good sign that you're going to be able to, to finish off pretty well. And I think with the 17 games, probably what, like 10 wins you're going to need at least now to, to get in yeah. the playoffs. I don't, I don't know if nine's going to do it yeah. anymore. I think 10, you got to get those. So it'll be, uh, be interesting to see, you know, what it takes to get in the playoffs this year. Hopefully there is another, you know, what NFC East or, would the winner have like six six wins last year or something? Uh, it was just yeah, something just, like that. Terrible, just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I see you've got a Chicago Bulls hat on. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of here with this. What previous Broncos championship season would you love to see covered in a Last Dance style documentary? Oh my gosh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Okay, I, I gotta go I gotta go with uh with twenty fifteen. I think yeah, I gotta go with twenty fifteen. Okay. I mean, I just think that the way those the ninety eight the ninety eight season would be really cool actually because that team I, but that team was coming off of a heartbreaking playoff loss the year prior as well. But I think what, the twenty fifteen Yeah, the Jaguar. That's the the, my, the uh, fabled Jaguars. My game. dad's a Broncos fan, so I grew up Watching uh, all those old Broncos oh, yeah. games, I know '96. Yeah, but that was a stunning one. You know, obviously they came back and won the Super right. Bowl next year. But yeah, I I remember all those players. You know, like McCaffrey and Rod Smith, and oh yeah, even like what Neil Smith and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Mobley. Oh, yeah, yeah can, the classics. I can rattle them off. But yeah, you think 2015? Really? Wow. Yeah, I would go with 2015, and I think that the interesting thing about that, in in relation to like the Last Dance you know, as Peyton Manning was injured that year, there's mm-hmm. video footage of him, you know, flipping off the, flipping off the camera when he was finally <laughs> healthy again at the end of the season, just mm-hmm. like, Hey, you guys can see I'm healthy. I'm good mm-hmm. to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that, there was drama. I, I know there was drama in the locker room between, you know, the offense and the defense, the offense not pulling its weight compared to the defense. And there was just so many interesting games that year. There was like, like if you, if you think about, was as that Peyton's lucky last as season too? It was, yeah, it so was. It, was it really would be, season. you know, true last, last dance. dance. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly, hundred percent, spot on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you look at you if you think about the luckiest breaks that teams could get throughout an NFL season. I mean, that was the Denver Broncos in 2015, and not just not just lucky. I mean, in the NFL, you kind of find a way to make your own luck. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of times and a lot of seasons you can look back on and think like, man, if they could have just if the ball could have just bounced this way mm-hmm. in this game, or if it could have just bounced that way in this game, like that happened to them almost every single week. It wasn't like Tebow style, mm-hmm. but it was really close. You know, it was really close to that. We're at the end of it every week. It's like, man, how, why, why every single week does it have to be like this? And then all of a sudden Bradley Roby's taking a fumble recovery for a touchdown in Kansas city or, you know, DeMarcus Ware is strip sacking AJ McCarron at the end of a game in, in Denver or, or Cincinnati or wherever that game was, or CJ Anderson is sprinting in the snow against the New England Patriots in overtime for a touchdown. You know, it was just crazy, crazy stuff week after week. So, man, last dance style in true Peyton Manning last dance form. I think that would be my pick. Yeah, there's a, that was, and, and yeah, that was a good season for the Broncos. Their defense was very good. Obviously, there's, you have, Lots of characters on the team. You had Von Miller, I think. What well, you had Keith Talib. Mm-hmm. Um Was Brandon Brandon Marshall was not on the team. He was on uh, like the Dolphins or something by then. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, they or did have a Brandon Marshall one on the linebacker. Ah, but. yes, 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 yes. Um, 
I think if I was picking for the Broncos at last dance, I think I'd go 99. Like, Elway mm. last dance. Elway last you got, dance, yeah. There's a lot of storylines you could go there, too, because you got Terrell Davis and how, you know, his mm. career was cut short. You got, what, Bill Romanowski, um, Steve Atwater, Mike Shanahan, mm. what, who else? Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Like, you got all these guys that you could just dive right into. Um, I just think I like stuff that's like from 20 years ago because it makes me like yeah. go back to like when I was growing up. That's kind of, I think that's why I like the last dance because I'm like, oh yeah, I remember all this stuff. Like them going against mm-hmm. like the Sonics and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yep. Um, and it's a shame yeah. these kids these days don't get to grow up with the Sonics, right? <laughs> the bummer. I mean, they'll be, just, they'll be back. They'll, they'll be a they'll team be back. there. I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll be a team there soon in the NBA. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll need some money and they'll, they'll get them there. I'm sure. I'm sure Russell Wilson <laughs> or something will. We'll get him out there. All right, yeah. Sayer, uh, that's all I got for you today. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me at Sayer Bettinger on Twitter. Um, and obviously, you can follow like the at Predom Orange account or at NFL mm-hmm. Mox. So definitely, uh, definitely a number of places to find me and talk some football. Here we go. It's football season, man. <sighs> yeah, and then subscribe to what Locked On Broncos podcast. Yes. Is that yeah. five days a week? Yeah, so we do that every day other than, I think, Saturday. So okay. I'm still kind of getting into the swing of it, but I know yep. we cover games, and then we, yeah, we do all the weekdays. So. There you go. Check so, that yeah, out. Definitely. Um, I'm sure you'll get, you'll have a review of uh, Saturday's game once it once it's over on some yes. Sunday or Monday, whenever that comes out. So yep. check that out, yep. Vikings fans, if you want the Broncos perspective. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Um, but until next time, we will talk to you later. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.